said absence makes the heart grow fonder but leaving me out here all alone like this here <laughs> I'd like to let you know this here that believe me too much absence gonna make the man wonder oh it's real hard it's so hard it's so hard it's so hard Trying to keep my mind on you Cause I need you here beside me Girl, I love you, can't you see? everything, you're everything, girl You're everything to me Harold Melvin And the Blue Notes Welcome to another African Rhythms we got a full show tonight, right through till 9 o'clock. And we're going to start out with some non-album tracks. My name is David Love-Jones, and welcome back, Mike Ingram. Good evening, David. How y'all doing out there in Vancouver? Great track. We love that record. To be true, Harold Melvin. Well, when you start rapping like that, like Harold Melvin did, if you hear Baby more than three times in a sentence... He's lying. <laughs> but since we only heard it once, it was all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few records, especially in that heyday, early 70s of soul music. The albums were so strong that certainly some of the tracks have got forgotten. You know. Well, a lot of times it's, again, we have this whole business of people in boardrooms that don't maybe know as much about music as they should, picking songs out that'll say, well, this will work and this will work and this will work, but if the songs that are picked don't do well it hurts the album overall and a lot of times the music that would be stuff that you know maybe a mass audience or other folks really enjoy don't get noticed unless they do buy the album and that can also cause a bad effect because if that one that they pick out doesn't sell yeah you don't get to hear what's on the other or what's you know what's else what else is available on that album and that's the hurting part about it that's what's caused a lot of a&R people to lose jobs and decide the fate of groups 
without them having a chance to really show what they can do. Bad choices picking for singles. I mean, there's been some mighty fine soul music available on the 45 RPM 7-inch single, but many tracks were forgotten, such as from the mid-70s, a very consistent guy, Bunny Siegler. Yes, indeed. Me. I love, I love, da la la. 
And beautiful voices and the first track Bunny Siegler and that was a very fine Philly moment as was the first song we heard it was Philly International Harold Melvin but that was on Minute Records a pretty obscure label I believe out of New York City yeah it was a small New York label and the players uh, were popular in the early late 60s when they came out with the song he'll be back they did a follow-up to it called i'm glad you waited which was soldier boy coming home and all of that and huh, yeah, you know the nice big stuff. reunion and stuff but bunny sigler a very unsung person very talented he he had to be compensated fairly well by philly international to just concentrate on producing other people's stuff he was a great songwriter yes he was very great songwriter and a very comp- uh, competent musician and, and singer well, it's hard to get sick of a voice um, uh, that shines uh, with that kind of beauty. Um, you know, just a very pure, uh, beautiful voice to listen to, really, especially on the ballads. Purely on the ballads. Bunny Sigler is a great individual and a very, when he, when he passes away, God forbid, but when he does go, when people realize the amount of material he's turned out and how many acts he's made successful, Bunny Sigler will probably get one of those unsung Grammy type deals when it's all said and done at the end of his career. If there's any justice, my friend. If there's any justice. (laughs) Well, another thing, we're talking about album tracks, especially the soul music from the 70s. 
the live albums were getting to be a pretty big deal by the mid-70s. Smart record company execs were taking advantage of the fact that during the 70s, bands were in their heyday. You were able to carry a large complement of people, horns, rhythm section, the whole nine. And if you were able to have the budget to do it right, you could create some spectacles like the band that we are about to hear. One of the biggest for this kind of live thing, they had it going on. Earth, Wind, and Fire. What? 
for me to talk to me Just a pretty face that made me smile I had no way, I had no way of knowing That my love for the girl would just keep on growing and growing and growing the Looking Back album. His name is Jesse James, and what a talent. Well, brother, some outlaw soul coming up from Mr. Jesse James, but a good example of high-end and low-end music from that era. The fact that Earth, Wind & Fire had a budget, so that when they went on tour... Unlimited budget. Unlimited. They were, they, it was just like watching the Stones or the Beatles they were number or, one, or really. anybody else there. They had that kind of clout where they could put on exactly what they wanted to do, say what they wanted to say musically, and give the buying audience all the frills and bells and whistles that they could possibly want. And then you have someone like Jesse James. who West Coast. West Coast, but definitely working on a serious budget, if you know yeah. what I'm saying. Isolated. Yes, yeah. indeed. Isolated, didn't have the opportunity to get the major exposure, but because his stuff was just as much quality as Earth, Wind & Fire, mm. Jesse's getting paid today because folks appreciate what he's doing across the water. Well, thankfully for Hypnotized... Uh, which is the title of her album and uh, also the title of her hit single. But thankfully for the hit single, Linda Jones did get paid in her short yet tragic life. But um, not surprising that an album like Hypnotized uh, would have so many quality tracks. Um, Linda, you know, she's a favorite around these parts. Well, yes, she is. And it's always amazing the fact that she would have so much material on an album and for years not have it go noticed by people here in the states and then all of a sudden you find from all the buying sheets and stuff about how much an album is worth how much this piece of work is this was definitely done with a lot of love and linda jones always gave it her all when she was behind the microphone whether it was live or in the studio yeah well you could have released lots of singles off that hypnotized album gotta vote that at one of the, as one of the most consistent soul records of all time yeah and from top to bottom every cut on that was was a bomb frankly straight up bomb when you have somebody <laughs> like that who can sing it's like you don't care she can sing anything just sing please you know? please linda <laughs> <laughs> just give us the goods <laughs> you make us happy <laughs> yep linda jones they don't come much more heavyweight than the power and the beauty of this woman's voice Yeah. 
Lord, I've been sick. Now tell me, oh, oh please, what can I do? Because all these things have happened, loving you. Oh, yes, they have. And I just want to say. know what I'm talking about. I hear people say that it's a weak woman that cries, but I believe that there are very few women that can stand up under all of this pressure without at least shedding one tear. I do believe that some of you out there have had heartaches and pain of some kind, at least with the one you love. If you have, I want you to raise your hand and say with me just one time. I just want you to say with me one time. Now mercy, mercy, mercy.
just couldn't see how the mass could live in equality. But the day will arrive if we continue to strive, and we'll all sing in sweet harmony. Everybody, brings on a change. Time brings on a change. Now don't time brings on a change. Brings on a change. Leroy Hudson, before that, in a city blues, Sarah Vaughn. Some great examples of album tracks that get overlooked. Certainly there are many, as we've been saying, for the first, for that mid-70s period especially, Mike. I think it was a quality, quality time. I think it was a quality time because there was a, an explosion of opportunities for groups. And with that, you also have to have people who are up on the music, who are aware and can see ahead. And for a lot of the record companies, you had one or two people there that really maybe had some foresight, like uh, like Clive Davis at Arista Records and maybe two or three other people who saw the big picture and saw talent in groups like Earth, Wind & Fire and, and smaller groups in other cities and stuff like uh, Leroy Hudson with the Chicago Sound and other uh, performers whose basic premise was just to have an opportunity to play. And a lot of times the A&R people forget about it's more than just playing. Bands have to play in order to get paid. Mm. And if you don't pick out the right material for them, they're trapped. So you're pretty much putting the kiss of death on a band if you don't know enough about their music yeah. to let somebody know what's good and what's bad. Well, obviously, there was a lot of good decision-making and mm -hmm. getting good songwriters together with uh, some of these great groups we're playing and, and the material getting on the albums. But the next step for it actually getting heard, I mean, there was stations playing album tracks, right? Oh, there were. That was the, that was the thing of the 70s. There were stations that were going beyond playing the three-minute 45 or album cuts and stuff that were within that time frame and going beyond that. I mean, Reasons was a perfect example of that. Reasons in the original cut was about three and a half, four minutes. But yeah. the album version is like seven and a half, eight minutes long. But it doesn't get boring. They've done something more interesting with it. Exactly. So you were able to stretch your idea out beyond the accepted three-minute time frame and it allowed for stations to open their formats and... Uh, keep the thing as far as uh, spreading out the information and getting more of a musical sense of what a band is about 
by letting them do longer songs, by letting them do songs that were more instrumental oriented as opposed to just something that had a little catchy hook and then you just go on and you end the song. So that was important. For real. All right, but let's carry on uh, with um, something from Curtom Records. The Natural Four, they put out their first record in uh, the late 60s on ABC. Didn't get a lot of attention, although highly revered these days, as is this next record, their first Curtom album. I've always been the kind of guy who could handle almost anything. I've had money and cars, expensive girls and bars, and I've always had my own song to sing. Oh, but you came along, changed the sound of my song, and I've never ever felt like this before. Tell me, can this can be this real? Feel this love is in my heart you. for you, baby. Oh, can it really be true? You changed my life so suddenly. I don't know if this is me or not. So don't you ever let the feeling stop Sometimes I try to resist you, girl Oh, but that would just take more than I've got Tell me, can this be real? This love I feel for you, baby
CITR 101.9 FM on your dial. The show is African Rhythms. One of the finest tracks I think we've ever brought to you, right there. I have to say, Lou Courtney. Beauty and simplicity. A beautiful, simple groove. Wonderful arrangement. Not a lot of fanfare to everything, just a straight ahead wicked groove. I mean, Lou Courtney, 
was a pop singer and then all of a sudden got large <laughs> over the other side of the water. But that's the beauty about stuff like this. You well, know, credit to people to work so hard to find obscure records like that and celebrate and enjoy them. Yeah, but you know, the, a little note about Lou Courtney. He was recording on Epic at the time that that came out. And he is an, an example, unfortunately, of how A&R people don't pay attention to talent. Lou Courtney and Patti LaBelle, when they were in their LaBelle incarnation, were recording for Epic at around the same time. And the A&R people decided that certain acts were not going to go very far, so they just pushed a lot of them to the side. And that included Lou Courtney, and it also included LaBelle, who happened to be one of the best live acts at that time. Well, it's quite amusing now that um, her live version of Boone Shadow and that album is uh, the one people are looking for because um, it's hard to find. Exactly. And if it had been on Epic, then exactly. <laughs> it might have been a little Any record exec worth their salt would have known a long time ago to have Patti LaBelle and LaBelle record a live album, and it was never done. And that was where I, that's probably one of the biggest tragedies, along with Marvin Gaye not getting a Grammy for what's going on as far as people not really understanding music. Well, how about this next artist? We've discussed, played him before on Stax Records, William Bell. I mean, someone who had a whole bunch of great tunes mm -hmm. on his albums. All right, let's check this one out now.
She flows like a stream to the bay She brightens the night in the daylight She's a dream She's a dream With the rhyme of her name She blooms like a rose On a soft summer day She's a doll She's a doll in my dream as a star She's something to see on a cool summer day in L.A. How about some big band soul and amazingly, Mike, on Philly International showing the versatility and the jazziness underlying of the label. Uh, indeed. Well, Philly International ruled the 70s because they had from top to bottom, every facet of recording and music production was done to the nth degree. It was top-notch stuff, whether it was putting a string arrangement together putting a vocal arrangement together. Philly International, spe- they spared no expense and they had the expertise in every level 
of the process in making a project work. So it didn't matter whether you were Billy Paul, Teddy Pendergrass, MFSB, it was always done with excellence as job one. And it's an indication because even now people are still gaga over anything that comes out of Philly International. Yeah, well, another giant of that time, interestingly starting with the giant Motown, but then uh, going to a smaller label, the Isley Brothers. TNAC, I don't know much about that label. Well, Isley's, that was their idea. They wanted to set up their own shop because they wanted to do their own music. Credit to them. Exactly, but you know, when you had a label like Motown, sometimes you had acts that didn't get the attention that they felt was needed for them to get their sound across. And in that time frame from the late 60s to the early 70s, the Isleys were experimenting with a lot of different things. They were doing covers from people like Stephen Stills and Todd Rundgren and whatnot, and they were making them funky and soling them up. And uh, their own spin on things made it very successful for them. No doubt. No doubt. You win. 
in your way. You got the love of the one in your way. You got the love of the one in your way. You got the love of the one in your way. You got the love of the one in your way.
Tripped out album tracks, Rotary Connection, featuring Minnie Ripperton. Nice stuff. Nice stuff. You get a chance to hear Minnie. It's always good. And it's funny how during those early Rotary uh, Rotary Connection tracks of hers that you never had a chance to really hear her stretch out vocally. Like she's ah. just playing right there. You yeah. know. I mean, the Minnie that we eventually got the Loving year. Loving you and that kind of stuff. Exactly, yeah. and all of that stuff. We that's just the beginning and. Uh, uh, a long way from her beginnings in Chicago when she sang with the Gems at age 13. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's nice stuff. And the Independents, uh, another New York group. Another New York group, brother. Hey, New York was cranking out some stuff. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, though, New York, like like the West Coast, the scene in New York wasn't conducive to independent bands and producers and whatnot really flourishing. Because there are a lot of New York groups. But unfortunately, there's not a New York sound. Just like we were talking about with L.A. and San mm-hmm. Francisco, you know, in, in their case, it was always things were so spread out. But in New York, it was just so competitive mm-hmm. that you didn't have one arena where you could say, you know, all these groups come from New York. And there's that pride that there was like with Motown and with the Memphis sound and stuff yeah. like that. There wasn't a New York sound because it was just some New York labels like uh, Invictus. Are they from New York? Invictus, yeah. Wand, Wand um, yeah. Minute. Oh, man. There's so many smaller ones. Roulette. A lot of small labels that were lesser doing knowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that were doing a lot of work and and helping people to, to become successful in and the close business. Close by in uh, New Jersey, there was uh, Stang and Stang or Sylvia Robinson. We pick on Sylvia for the 
production stuff, but Sylvia was doing some good work. She was getting a lot of work out there for some talented people. So yeah, we okay. Well, let's um, let's enlighten these folks with another great unknown, Karen Jones, on African rhythms. Girl, you got something on your mind, and there's something you want me to know. Tell me, tell me, tell me, talk to me, talk to me. Anytime, anywhere, I'm yours for the day. And that is not, I'll make a way, and I'll be there waiting. You can have. 
So yeah, really a nice interaction that. between Eddie Levert and yeah. Karen. They really bring it to a nice rousing climax. Yeah, and, and a good indication of um, what compilations do for an artist and stuff. That, but the fact that it finally got on the compilation and people get to hear it helps Karen to get some exposure. So yeah, like credit to uh, a European compilation, Blessed Blackness. Um, a lot of them come out of the UK and some in Germany and Italy and other places. Bringing back great music, obscure album tracks, 45s obscure albums etc yes got a handful of people across the water doing some good work picking out stuff and sensing the potential in a song and an artist and letting people hear it and you know that thing kind of snowballs and we're glad that the people are here taking this kind of interest in this kind of music no doubt let's get into a couple of uh, Motown kind of territory now um, Gladys Knight one of our favorites and it's uh, not surprising that uh, folks over in the UK would find uh, some quality tracks uh, on her original Motown albums and right now Mike this is one of the biggest no one can love you more my baby no one can love you more my sweet baby no one can love you more than me and still be human it's an impossibility remember the night i left you asleep in the morning boy
and like what Gladys got to say, give us a holler at the request line, 822-CITR. of East Harlem, some quality New York soul that didn't get its due. Well, a group that was accurate, that's exactly where they came from, 116th Street, 5th Avenue. That's about as East Harlem as you can get, my brother. They got signed to Electra Records in the early 70s. So wherever you guys are out there, whether it be Bahia, Brasil, Birmingham, England, New York City, Delta, B.C., San Antonio, Texas. Who cares? If you want to know where the soul trees grow, the roots of all that encompasses it can be found right here on African Rhythms. Thanks, Mike. Just to let you guys know, we got a lot more soul for you, so just keep on listening. We got enough love for you, and we love getting that enough love back. Peace and love.